the Sports Career Podcast, episode 340. How can working in esports develop your entrepreneurial skills? Hello, Sports Achiever, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the esports industry. I hope today's episode can support your sports career development, interests, and needs. Now, getting back to today's podcast special guest is Ignat Brovovich. Ignat is an esports expert and entrepreneur. He's a former esports player for over eight years, and currently he's the founder of Passport GG, which is an esports startup, which is all about how AI and blockchain can improve the esports and competitive gaming industry. For that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Ignat as a podcast special guest on the show, where he will share his esports career journey and explain to you how working in esports can develop your entrepreneurial skills. Ignat, it's such a pleasure to have you on the Sports Career Podcast. Please you share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Yeah, Ed, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for, for inviting me. And uh, uh, even more importantly, thank you for so much for actually doing this. Because, uh, you know, uh, the podcasts like yours, I really believe they, they, they are not for mass audience, but they have a big impact for the people who are actually into this. So thank you very much for doing this. And uh I would. I wish something like this existed when I was younger. You know, probably it would have helped me. But I wish yeah. I had it as well. <laughs> Going back eight <laughs> years ago. Yeah, yeah. For me, eight years ago. For me, it's uh, twenty-three years ago. Uh, so you asked me about uh, how I, how I ended up here, right, in esports, more or less. So uh, my start, my journey starts. Um, my professional journey, I can say, with the word professional, starts in the year two thousand. Uh, when uh, I started to participate in the esports competitions, um, I was I grew up in Belarus um, because I, I I'm I mean ex Soviet Union person, so born in one country. Then uh, Belarus was uh, for a long while uh, the country where I lived, and for the last ten years I live in Estonia. But uh, I grew up in Be- in Belarus, and uh, we had. Well, first of all, I was very lucky to have a PC. And uh, in 1998, we started to play with my friends. Uh, one of the first esports experience was that we were playing FIFA 98. Uh, this this specific edition, it had the multiplayer, but the multiplayer was uh, one was playing on the mouse and the second one was playing on the keyboard. So it was super fun. And uh, it was one of the first experiences which, which gave me some uh, introduction to... PvP gaming, but my career started in 2000 uh, when I joined the competitions. In our region, uh, sim racing was very popular and I was a fan of racing. So basically I saw in a newspaper, uh, because year 2000 internet was not was barely existing, so we actually were getting the majority of information from, from, from the newspapers. So I saw the announcement that um, there, is a, there is a competition, sim racing competition, which is about to start. And everyone was invited. It was for free. Uh, and I remember I, I I introduced the idea to my friends from school. And I think five or six people from the from my class we went to this competition. It was the very very first competition of the season, very first competition of the history. And it was um, it was sim racing, so it was a simulation of Formula One. The game was called uh, Official Formula One 1998, I guess. Quite an old game, not very simulation game, but it was a game, you know. And I remember showing up uh, in the computer club. Uh, it was like another part of the city. I was like, you know, uh, 13 years old, and we we traveled around the city on this all the transportations like an hour one, one way. So we came, we showed up, and uh, there were like more than 100 people joining there. And I said to myself, well, yeah. 
It was a nice ride. So we came and uh, we we scored. Uh, so we we had to do the fast lap uh, for qualification. And basically, uh, I I was not expecting even to get qualified because only top sixteen were qualified. Uh, I was like, yeah, one hundred people. What I'm doing here? I ended up winning the qualification. So I ended up when when you know when people are we didn't we didn't have a leaderboard. It was it was everything on paper, you know. And I was like waiting, waiting, waiting. And when I hear some names which I knew their times they were qualified, I said, "Wow, I can be actually, I can actually qualify." And I ended up the winning qualification. It was a huge, it was a huge success for me. You know, uh, a kid from suburb, from poor neighborhood, going to the competition, uh, not expecting anything, and win the qualification. That was a huge leap for me. You know. Um, unfortunately, I didn't want this this specific race. Uh, I made a mistake uh, one corner. I won the next race, and I was winning more and more races this season. Um, I was on TV sometimes because the organizers were inviting TV channels, and the TV channels were getting my interviews. And I was like, "Wow, what's happening?" <laughs> um, I was in newspapers, and this was like, "Wow!" You know, this guy. I, I would not say that it changed my life completely because in year to sound that you were unable to earn money from this i mean there was no way you can money and from earn money from this except of the prizes and when i said professionally i was starting from the very beginning i was winning some prizes some of them were i mean i think the, the, the most expensive prize i've ever won was like roughly 500 dollars uh which was quite a, quite a big sum because an average salary of my parents were roughly 100 dollars per month so this 500 bucks price was pretty fun you know so yeah, basically uh, from 2000, from this very first race to for the next, let's say four or five years, I was I was practicing, practicing, practicing like eight hours a day sometimes, just being better and better. And uh, yeah, that's how I that's how I started, and that's how I continued my esports career. Well, what an awesome reply! I've got to go back to that first competition. Out of interest, from a life lesson. How has that story supported you now with regards to self-belief? So that's the most important thing which which esports has helped me is actually to to, to believe in yourself and to, to my, in myself in this case and actually not to be afraid to to try, you know. Uh, and um, because again, um, nowadays things are easier but not easier. At the same time, we didn't have much of internet. We had only newspapers and uh, when you're in school, you know, and when you are not the strongest, not the richest, etc., you kind of not perceived. You don't have any edge why people will like you, you know, until unless at least at least in our culture, you need to prove something and you need to show something, and other people start to, uh, start uh, respecting you. And the fact that I managed to build up some some success. Uh, made a huge leap on my life, you know. It it gave me it gave me belief that okay, I should not listen to these people just because they're stronger. I should listen to myself, and if I believe in something, just go and do it. You might fail, you might fail. Sometimes I was failing, but sometimes you you, you can win. I'm gonna put you on the spot now because when I first ever met you, you shook hands to me. You go, I was a professional esports player. Reflecting now. What is the difference between an amateur player versus a professional player? And I don't just mean you were practicing eight hours. I'm going to touch into that because I'm I'm curious of how you had a training schedule to get better. But on that point, amateur gamer versus a professional gamer, from your experience, but also how the industry has grown with regards to the players itself, what's the difference? So, So the listener can understand that it's not just people just playing games for fun. There is that professional mindset and attitude of being a professional player. There is one part of the story is that uh, in, in every in every in every aspect, the word professional normally is used when you're getting paid for this. So uh, I didn't have a I didn't have a salary per se, but I was winning prizes. So this is one aspect. But for me, this aspect is not the, not the most important. It is important aspect, but not the most important. For me, I believe the most important aspect is actually. Uh, your motivation. So uh, some people are playing just for fun. Some people are pl- just starting the game just to play. Okay, and uh, I can do this playing them Counter Strike or some other games where I'm not good enough to compete, but I'm just enjoy it. 
However, when I was participating in uh, esports competitions in sim racing, uh, when I was coming there, well, for me, it was the only one spot. It was number one. Everything which is not being the winner is a lose. And this is, uh, for, for me, this is, this is, for me, this is probably the most important uh, aspect in the, in the, in the professional esports approach or professional athlete approach, for, if, we, if we use this word. You come to win. You don't come just to fun. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's, it's not bad to come for fun. But I mean, you just, it's a different, it's a different type of pleasure you get. So what was the motivation of winning? Because like you said, the, the money was big when you were younger, like the $500. But what really was winning for you? Was it at the time being acknowledged as a professional player? Or was it the, the media aspect that promoted your profile? Because I think all these components relate to winning. I'm just curious of what was your motivation to keep showing up at practice, doing eight hours a day. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's it was always. I mean, when I when I do drive, may it be karting or a racing car or a sim racing car, uh, my core motivation is just winning. I just want to be number one. I just want to be quickest, you know. And uh, um, you know, it's it's actually it's actually very bad thing if you just want to uh, enjoy. You can I mean, you're not really enjoying this. Uh, until you're winning, and uh, when you just when you just when you just compete, and then just I want to touch on your training now because you said you're practicing eight hours a day. How did you implement that? I'm just trying to maybe inspire other gamers of what was your approach. It wasn't just sitting doing eight hours. Did was it certain games? Was it finding your strengths on certain games to to make you better at winning at competitions? What was the approach? Reflecting. In, in sim racing, in sim racing, uh, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit different from any other sports. Uh, especially, it was before. Now, now it's also now, now it's even more events, so it's, it can be like this as well. Um, you have a calendar, and you have an uh, you have an agenda of events which are happening. And uh, normally, not always, but at least in my childhood, uh, these events were coinciding with uh, Formula One schedule. So, for example, I I knew that from March. One to March fifteenth, there is a, there is an online competition uh, on the I don't know on the on the Monaco race circuit, for example. And I know that on Sunday of it was not on Sunday, it was not on Thursdays. On the first day of let's say tenth of March, there will be an offline competition in Belarus. Normally, that's the same track. It's not. It was not always the same, but it was coincident quite often. So my whole training was actually dedicated to get the best time on this track. So what I was doing is that okay, I knew that I know that, that now this 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 racetrack uh, week begins. So I just start practicing. I just I just go go go. You just drive like crazy. You drive nonstop, and everything everything you do, you just wanna you just want to to be the quickest version of yourself. Okay, then you compare to others. Like again, now it's easier, but before it was like I was calling to my friend, whom I know he's super quick. I'm asking. Hey Dima, what is your time? He said 1.15.0. And I know that my time was 1.15.2. I was like, okay, thank you. And for the next eight hours, you know what you need to do. You need to to you need to lap 1.14.9, and then you call him back and ask if he improved. If if he improved, then you need to continue. If he didn't improve, then you say, okay, things life seems like I'm I'm ready to the competition, you know. <laughs> No, I got it. Love it. I think it's it's that accountability, but with metrics of improvements, like any, yeah, any yeah, goal it, setting. Carry on. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, uh, but one thing which one thing which I wanted to add is uh, that, um, and it's important. And now, if working with sports industry, I'm I'm always pushing this agenda, pushing this thing. It's not enough just to sit on the PC and to play PC or mobile or console, whatever your 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 thing is. When I was practicing this, not intentionally. I mean, no one no one told me, but I was actually also practicing traditional sports. I was uh, was uh, was going to swimming pool, jogging. I was in in the rowing section. So um, for me, I mean. Part of my day was dedicated to study. Then uh, part of my day was dedicated to practicing esports, and part of my day was dedicated to practicing sports. And um, yeah, this was 
the whole week it was always always busy was either of the, of these things as a drawback i didn't uh, have it too much time to watch tv series or movies just quickly i'm just curious how with regards to doing traditional sports like i'm doing a triathlon at the moment i'm in the pool most mornings i'm having a rest day today because i'm averaging around 2000 meter per hour sessions but i'm just curious how important you know dedicating time to your physical help uh, health supported you with regards to your you know esports training reflecting now well reflecting now and i i see that people just come into this idea and again for me it was just like naturally just by by, by coincidence for me it's super important it's super important to have uh to have uh, physical activities uh well basically not obviously not not because it will help uh, your muscles are super needed for the for the competition although in sim racing you actually need to <laughs> your muscles are working more than more in, in, in other sports uh but the more important is that you train your stamina you train your physical stamina and you train the ability to focus and you also train at least for me uh, you train the 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 mental the mental the mental capacity, and I explain I can explain you the ex- I can give you an example of how this mental capacity was trained for traditional sports. Uh, when I was uh, one of the best in the region sim racer, I was awful in rowing because I went too and too late in my age, and I was just like, you know I was one of the last ones. And um, but I was trying to be better, better, better. So what it helped me, uh, it helped me a few things. First of all, it helped me, yeah, just to train, just focus, okay? You just need to get focused and uh, to get things moving. Uh, number one and the second is that uh, you're not necessarily you're the best in something, but uh, you still need to carry on because this might be helpful. And um, stamina and mental, uh, like physical, physical stamina and mental Stamina as well, mental health uh, were the things which 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 I got from traditional sports practicing. Igna, I went to a rowing school, and I have to say I was not tall enough to be a great rower. I probably could have been a cox if I'm, if I had to be honest of my height. But without a doubt, rowing is a great sport about endurance. Did did you push the body to your peak whilst training in esports? Because if you do rowing on an ergo, that re- requires a lot of stamina. So I'm just curious how rowing actually supported you when you were specifically after, you know, when you were like going for competitions, because I think that's a really great sport to push the body in a healthy way, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, well, I can I can give I can give you probably an example of how traditional sports helped me in esports when I'm row when I, when I was when I was in rowing or when I was jogging as a part of that practice. It's at, at some point of time, your your mind kind of disconnects. So you 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 start thinking about something. Uh, but your body is actually doing what it should do, you know. Just, okay, you just row, and uh, you're you're not thinking about you're not thinking about rowing per se, or not thinking about uh, jogging per se. Your mind starts thinking about something else while uh, while the body is doing what it needs to do. And um, this is this is also this is also something helpful in uh, in sim racing, because again, probably in Counter Strike and professional Counter Strike, probably it will not help. But in sim racing. Uh, at some point of time, you need to get to your peak, uh, sort of peak form. But if you will be thinking too much, you might make mistakes. I was in this situation, and lots of people who are doing this, 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 this situations. And some point of time, you just, again, as with jogging or rowing, you just dis- disconnect to focus from what you're doing. Your body knows what to do. You just can flow state. Yes, 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 yes. So I think. I think I think I think this is one of the most important things which which traditional sports uh, help me to 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 absorb. I hope people are taking notes because honestly, it is about the flow state of. They always say if you're overthinking in any task, it means you're lowering your performance instead of just being in that natural. Yeah. Like it's it's almost like for yeah. me in my swimming now, I don't have to you know move my arms far faster or kick harder. It's just finding that that steadiness of like consistency in that performance itself. My goodness, what a really cool conversation. I now want to sort of go back to the journey now of like, like when was the moment when you went, right, I'm not being a gamer. I'm going to now work in the esports industry. Can you remember that career decision of being a professional player, but you went, right, 
it's time to you know what's the next step if that makes sense the situation for me was a bit more more easy and more complicated than for people today uh again in year 2003 2004 when i finished school and when i went to university i mean there was no option to continue playing i mean there was no option to there was no no idea that you can build up career career around 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 gaming yes you can occasionally win some competitions very good but uh, your parents even now parents probably not always supporting this i mean at my time it was like yeah, i was not even planning to ask this question because <laughs> yeah, it was like i you crazy disgust uh even even being a exactly. web developer back in the days it was like what are you going to do go and do something normal uh so basically yeah in year 2000 i had no choice so i i entered university and uh, to be honest uh, university took all my all my time and all my I, I completely switched from from sim racing so my last my last really successful year was 2004 uh, I was occasionally starting in some competitions later on, to some five, some six with my friends. Um, the team which I found that was winning everything in the region and it it it, it, it lasted for for three, four years more after even I quit it. But myself, no, I just like said, okay, I need to focus on studies. I need to build up career. Then I started uh, to work, and. Uh, I started working in marketing, so I was working in FMCG corporation in marketing. Then I made my master's degree, uh, and then I was working consulting. And that was the moment when I I I I, I stepped back into esports almost ten years after I was a professional player. And it happened when while working when I was working in consulting, there was a client. Uh, I mean, working in management consulting, you work in different spheres. Uh, I had projects in IT companies. Uh, I had a project on uh, uh, paper production factory. I had projects in uh, transportation, many in many sectors. And one of the clients came and said, "Oh, I'm actually I have an event agency and I do esports." I was the only person who actually understood what he's speaking about. <laughs> it was year 2013. It was year 2013, and I understood. Wow, that sounds like the guys doing more or less what I was competing. And uh, this is where the passion came back. And um, I helped. So I took this project. It was not a very big project for a consultant firm, but it was very, I was doing a lot of pro bono uh, things there. And uh, we ended up uh, attracting the investments. We didn't go that much public, but actually we attract, we were, we were one of the first one, first one esports companies to attract uh, some decent sum. I mean, it was not huge. It was 2.5 million more or less, uh, but it was before ESL, DreamHack, and a lot of deals were announced. So we were, we were pretty. We thought that we were pretty lucky, but then the industry turned out to be to to require much more capital than we had. So I helped to develop the strategy. I helped to to attract the investments, uh, and uh, yeah. And then the guy who who funded the company, he said, Ignat, why don't you join uh, the company? And uh, I ended my consulting projects and I joined full-time in this um, to this company. And we, yeah, and, and it was great, right? It was, I was sleeping not, not many hours. I was uh, living in at work, but it was super interesting. Uh, it was very great inception into esports to seeing it from, I saw the esports growth uh, just before it started to become hyped, you know? Uh, we 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 were we were already a bit further down the road when again ESL DreamHack and other companies started to to announce the investments. Ignat, I need to do another time out. Okay, just hold on. Before 2013, this is really important from a career development standpoint. Just for people like, okay, I want to work in a certain sports industry. Let's say esports, but you've like how important is it to develop other skill sets like marketing understanding how consulting consulting is done professionally and then applying it into like the sports industry because i love the example that you went in different you've worked in different sectors or industries to then get you back with your passion with the gust esports like you said that statement when you when a um person was talking about esports you were the only one who understood him um so i just want I'd just lo love to learn your 
learn from you now, like reflecting before 2013 of how those other skills that are non esport related supported you as a better professional in business or is marketing? I'm just curious on that aspect from a career standpoint. To be honest, I should say that uh, there are good and bad things. Good and bad things in this. Uh, what 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 are the what are the advantages of having uh, outlook on different industries? Well, you learn a lot, and you learn a lot from the ma- more mature industries. So, in theory, in theory, uh, you have opportunities to implement these uh, more mature things and uh, proceed a bit forward. However, from my personal experience, just my personal experience. Sometimes uh, the fact that I knew how the systems are working in the big companies and uh, established industries were sort of limiting myself because I was like, you know, I was like trying to 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 use the templates and trying to implement the things how I knew how I knew them to the industry which which was not mature enough. Uh, so back in the days, nowadays it's becomes more and more mature and the things are start working as they work in other industries. But back in the days, sometimes. Sometimes I was <laughs> I was born in the ocean. Sometimes you know probably we should have taken the shortcut, uh, not not overthinking, and I was sometimes overthinking. So um, this is this is very honest uh, feedback that sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad because uh, I really enjoyed having versatile experience and uh, really enjoyed having uh, uh, different angles. You know, sometimes people are looking from one angle, and for me, I, I, I have this 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 outlook which which helps me to have uh, from another perspective. But uh, but the question, uh, I would put the question as, as following. Um, the person needs to understand uh, what is the aspirations, what are the goals, uh, and uh, before before probably taking the, the route, because some routes are not the most obvious ones. And uh, some, what is also important to understand, now the tools are different. When I was young, we didn't have any opportunity to learn about esports. We didn't have an opportunity to jump directly into esports. Um, so I, I I had to take the the route which was available back in the days. Now I see great people who are into esports uh, and or sport traditional sports, and uh, who, who 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 do directly who go directly to industry and they they have certain success. That's that's that. That depends. Uh, so for me, the question here is what the person wants to do. If he wants to become the number one marketing manager in esports, well, not necessarily probably to to have a, such a versatile background. However, if person wants to to be a founder of something uh, or to have something some more different angles to see different angles, I would say probably versatile experience is helpful. Just one thing I want to touch on, um, which you, you said a key word, and I'm just curious of what you mean. You said at the time the industry wasn't mature. Do you mean it wasn't established as an industry? Is that what you meant? I am just would love you to explain with regards to that word. Yeah, the, the ecosystem of uh, the ecosystem which exists now, yeah. Before it was like, you know, well, sometimes I see the same things are happening uh, still. People just say, oh, it's a world esports, it's on hype, then we'll do something. Um, they might not have a clue what they're planning to do. Some people just were playing Counter-Strike and they thought that they will establish now a CSGO team. In a very few cases, it was successful, but normally it, it, uh, success requires much more uh, skill sets and uh, aspects to the thought of just beyond just being on hype and saying like, oh, we'll do this. So, yeah, and now more and more people are coming with a professional outlook, although there are still some people who like professionalism. Uh, yeah, not sure if I answered your question. You did. I think for me, you know, you're educating me now and with regards to esports when, you know, let's say the reflection of the last eight years of podcasting, I always, before that conference and me learning from other practitioners in the industry, I always thought esports was just the core com- competition side, you know, gaming with regards to competition. But when I was at the summit, it taught me that's a lot more than that because you've got the grassroots aspects. You've got how esports can influence improving physical activity. And it's all these different angles, as you said, I love that word, that can actually make an industry stronger than 
people assuming it's just people at home playing games. And I think it's a lot more than that. And I, that that's why when you said mature, it wasn't matured before 2013 when you got back into the industry. I just wanted to clarify to the listeners of what you met. So you definitely did answer my question, but I'm going to give you like this big question now. Reflecting from the last 23 years, what has been the biggest shift that makes esports to where it is today? Like from a industry standpoint, can you just remember that period of time where it was established by society, not just people playing games? Well, yeah, I mean, short answer uh, is uh, well, probably Twitch and the fact that uh, games uh, in the competition started to be streamed and uh, from hundreds of people, uh, the, the audience uh, came to hundreds of thousands, millions, you name it, depending on the game and the, the level of the title. But the short answer is that this percentage is still... <laughs> Okay, it's yeah, definitely it's much more developed than twenty years back. From uh, from one perspective, from that, from the other perspective, it's still pretty much there. Uh, to be honest, to be honest, I still I, I feel a bit of disappointment when I come to many competitions, uh, and you see that the things are yeah, they're yeah, definitely the graphics is better. Okay, you will have more people who can watch it online. Okay, but for me, as the game. Gamer as a player, I put myself as a player, uh, and I'm not speaking about, uh, let's say, TI in Dota 2 or League of Legends, uh, the World Finals. I'm speaking about the Tier 2, Tier 3, and especially grassroots competitions. For me, everything is almost there, you know, and this is this is a big pain for me. I, I really, it's a, it's a pain for me that still people don't have the much more opportunities than I had before. Yes, there is, there is, there is a, there is an image that is, many things are happening. But if you dig deeper, uh, it's not as many things are really much better. So because uh, still, if you're, yeah, if you're lucky enough, uh, you can earn. If you're one of the best ones in the world, yeah, you can make a living from esports. If not, you went to one, two, three competitions, and if you didn't perceive, uh, if you were not seen by the team, or you didn't have a chance. Well, most probably you will not you will not be able to continue your career. Um, yeah, so so things are although the technology is there, the better technologies are there. Um, there are so many things which are lacking. And, you know, for me, it's funny. I work a lot now with federations, uh, with organizations, institutions, uh, universities. Yes, I see a bit more prof- no, okay. I see more professional approach in many cases, in many aspects. But at the same time, I mean, in 2005, uh, there was w, uh, World Cyber Games, WCG. Uh, there was federations. Just, you know, I, I saw the, in my country federation. And the federation was doing the competitions on a level which I cannot say it's worse than it's now. If, if you ask me what is better, yeah, there, there is broadcast. Okay, there is broadcast. There are a bit more sponsors, well, arguable, because before there was also sponsors, not as many big numbers probably, but still. Again, uh, there is a big gap between uh, top esports 20 years back and the top esports of today. You can blast the International League of Legends World Championship. I mean, you can... You can use your fingers, and you will, uh, at some point of time, will uh, will not uh, will not have enough of uh, competitions to to count. Um, yeah, these events are great, great, great broadcast, etc. But other than that, for me, the industry is still is still a lot has a lot of things to to be developed. Would you say the biggest thing that needs to develop is more the the pathways of like the educational standpoint? how things are like i'm just curious of like the development side is it the policy or is it more the education or is it more having clearer pathways for players or or different ways that they can you know let's say they failed in one team there's a i don't know a program for them to train like like an academy to then get back to participate into another team a year later Does, does this sort of make sense i'm just sort of trying to figure out the the solutions then just the yeah so love your thoughts of those suggestions right or wrong by the way 
think for me, the most important uh, aspect where I see a room of improvement, and I don't only see this room of improvement, but I'm working for past many years trying to to build this improvement, is actually the pathways. So you rightly said there's the pathway. And um, yeah, so um, you might be not the best player in the world, but you might be the best in your school, uh, or you might be the best uh, in your neighborhood. Uh, and until unless there is a uh, there is there is a way to track it and there is the way to transform it on something tangible, might it be finding a team or practicing more? Uh, this is this is where it where the, the things are lost. You know? again, um, it's so painful for me to see that the vast majority of competitions, if you take the the competitions, how normally people do them, they do some Facebook page or whatever. Um, not not many are doing the dedicated landing pages. Then they do the Google Sheets. I mean, the vast majority, I don't have exact percentage, but I believe it's more than 90% of esports competitions and events, uh, people register for Google Sheets. But then they will play the, in the matches on one of the tournament platforms. Um, often enough, they will not even publish the full results. And uh, this is the moment where the, where the results are lost. You will not be able to to find and to track, for example, you as that. So you could have, I don't know, you participate in the five events uh, from February to now. Uh, but in, in in majority of cases, there is no possibility to track it. And you, for yourself, you, you you don't you don't feel how you can grow. You don't get uh, this traceability and the heritage of your past things, and you just lose the motivation. No, you. Again, if you win every competition, yeah, that's fine. But sometimes you fail, uh, and sometimes you win. And until unless there is a pathway which can which can be traceable and which can be used, there is no longevity in this. Sorry, it just goes back to your point when you used to ring your friend of what his racing time was, and then you would listen, and then you'd get back on the game to to improve your you know your time. It it relates to being motivated, improving yourself. In, but having the metrics to to connect with that motivation mm-hmm. yeah in today's world the things uh, you have more you have more opportunities you have more events you have more uh, metrics to have but in the end of the day yes that's the metrics where you are how good you are uh, is there is is there is the point to continue for you uh, can you end up uh, being further down the road or not you touch the point of education um, for me, I'm a big believer that education and traditional sports are uh, aspects which should be interconnected with gaming and esports. Um, and uh, the right uh, right combination of them can make can make us can help people to to become better version of themselves, not necessarily becoming an, a prof- professional esports player. For me, when because when we'll be speaking about these pathways, um, for me. It's not necessarily that uh, everyone should be a professional esports player because there is no a room for everyone. There is, there is just no room for everyone for being a professional esports player. But there is a room for everyone to become a better person uh, also to understanding that they worth of something and something they like. Because probably this is a bit too... Uh, probably I'm, I'm a bit too personal here, but my, my example was... Was, was relevant and, uh, from my understanding. I didn't have money to race in a, a traditional car. I was not good enough in rowing. So there were no chances I could prove I could prove myself that I can be good, good in something except of the thing which doesn't require a lot of investments and which is my passion in post-sim racing. So uh, similar here. I mean, people of any gender, of any... Uh, of any uh, of any nationality, um, they have an opportunity to 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 try to show. I touched also I very briefly touched how the 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 thing of uh, equality. Uh, there is nothing better than esports to give opportunity to so many people around the world um, to prove, first of all, to themselves and, and to others that they can be good in something. I'm going to put you on the spot now because I think this is so important now. You said that esports can be a tool to make you a better person. How has esports made you a better person reflecting right now? 
Well, I mean, to be honest, I, I give 50% chances that uh, I would not even enter the university if I would not uh, go to esports. But because, again, uh, in the environment of the of poor, poor suburb, of poor neighborhoods of a, of a post-Soviet uh, city, um, well, there is not so much belief in yourself. You think that the world is uh, is cruel and uh, you're you're no one, <laughs> and uh, that, that 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 you will not have a chance to get there. And this esports uh, thing, uh, the success in esports, just 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 gave me belief. And without this belief, again, I would give fifty percent chances that I would not uh, enter the university. And just relating to today's podcast topic, because I want to sort of talk about what you're currently doing, but. One thing I learned from our good friend, uh, Dev uh, Kumar Palmer, uh, and thank you, Dev, for making this happen. Um, always grateful for your support if you're listening in. But I, Dev said to me, you're a smart person from a business standpoint and an entrepreneurial standpoint. So I'm just curious how esports has like improved your entrepreneurial skills. Well, <laughs> Dev, first, first of all, thank you so much. Yes, I hope you're listening. Um... How esports has improved my skills? Uh, well, again, it just made me not be in fear, you know? Uh, you just go and do. Um, you are not afraid. Uh, the worst thing will happen, you will fail. But if you fail today, it doesn't mean that you're a failed person. You go to another, one more competition and uh, continue. You know, I still, remember my, I still remember one of my largest failures in esports. It was... Monaco Grand Prix year 2000. Mm, I was leading the championship and um, I failed to to score the points in this race. And what was the first time I actually, I think I lost leadership. It was a very painful experience, but it was a very important experience, uh, which showed, yeah, th things will not be uh, easy always. But uh, yeah, you need. Sometimes you win, sometimes you you lose. But the only thing which which can help you is uh, is to continue <laughs> and learn through those uh, yeah. failures. Yeah, learn learning from failures. You, you you should yeah definitely you should learn from failures. And there are very many aspects which which you should learn, and not necessarily sometimes when you fail. Sometimes you think, oh my 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 lesson was this. But you know, sometimes, especially when you when you when you proceed, you you, you see that, that there are many lessons you can get from there. And yeah, actually, 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 it's very good, very very good point about learning. You know, um, life from from some perspective is about learning, about trying, learning, and becoming the better version of yourself. And uh, yeah, esports is a great platform for young people to 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 go, win or lose, and uh, to become better version of themselves. And just with regards to people listening and going, okay, Ignat, I've got that to be believe myself to work in this industry. But from, you know, the 20 plus years, you know, of being a player and now sort of working and seeing the growth of the industry, to work in this industry, what actual skill sets do you need? Now, I'm going to give you some like hinters. Is it, you know, being good at, let's say, marketing and then applying those skills into the esports industry? Or is it, things like soft skills like networking and you know i just want the listener to go like how do i work at esports industry but what skill sets do i really need to make the industry better but also where wherever they work they they can actually contribute and add value to whatever organization they're working with well i should say that the more industry becomes mature the less uh, the less you have uh... Uh, this unique pillow, uh, this unique pillow, unique path which you can uh, proceed. So what 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 do I mean with this? Um, is that well, if you wanna, if you're a programmer or if you're a web developer and you want to work in esports, well, you don't need the skill set which would be too much of different from healthcare industry or from uh, I don't know logistics industry. You need to be a good programmer. And while esports and gaming can be your passion. You can be more successful and enjoy your life more just because you will be doing not some boring stuff which you not necessarily understand, but you'll be doing something uh, which you understand. So if you want to go in marketing, 
again, for me, if you want to work in marketing, it's more important to be good, good in marketing and uh, love esports than to have some specific skill set. Um, so yeah, the short answer would be uh, the skill sets you need depends on what you want to do. I should say that, uh, and I should say the the answer would be if you want to do if you want to be an entrepreneur, you just need to have a big list of skills where you're average and you should have something where you're the best and you try to to live with this and to implement this. Again, if you want to be a developer, well, you just want to be a good developer. If you want to be a good copywriter, same. Just be a good copywriter and then go into industry with your skill set, but not think of some unique skill set which will bring you to the industry. I hope people are taking notes. Ignat, just going back to what you're currently doing, can you just paint a picture of what you're currently doing and also an event you've recently done, which you kindly shared we can share because I was blown away with the figures of participants. But could you just little to share to listeners of what you're uh, currently doing and, yeah, and, and what you're specializing right now? So for... So yeah, so for after touching almost every aspect of the esports industry, I I saw the the I saw the the, the gaps actually in grassroots esports. So for me, uh, my core uh, my core market where I'm focused is actually grassroots esports. When I wanna when I wanna make sure that uh, I can at least try to fix the the issues which were there when I was still young and which are still uh, which are still existing. So uh, my, core, my core project now called Passport.gg, the idea of the project uh, was to create uh, the Passport of Gamer with the notion of actually creating uh, the, the possibility to create a pathway for the gamer to create a career uh, where, you can, uh, where you can store the results of your competitions, where you can uh, give uh, opportunity to your career by finding a team or finding other players to form in a team. So basically, this is the this is the core value proposition uh, for gamers, which which have been working for quite a while. Uh, from the business perspective, my core clients now clients and partners, because sometimes we're doing this uh, to support the industry, uh, are the federations, uh, esports federations, and um, other institutional esports esports and non-academic organizations. So uh, what we do, so we have created a pretty unique tool, which which no one actually has the, the all skill all the all the tools inside to support the grassroots and uh, institutional esports in development of the uh, their ecosystem. So we just have the tools which allow you to 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 create to create events, to create a community, and to have this longevity of uh, what you're doing by being able to manage the date of players. By, by being able to assign professional player, our official player, uh, KYC in players if, for some federations, it's important. And also uh, what we're doing, we are building the network of uh, credible players where the players who are cheating will be banned and not be able to participate in the events because the, 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 it's, it's important to have, uh, to have the industry being clean uh, from cheaters. Uh, so yeah, so this is this is this 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 is what we are building, and uh, we are building this uh, tool. And uh, for again, we engage federations and other partners. Uh, recently, we, we are about to finish. It's not finished yet because there's still uh, final matches will be played the next week. Uh, we've been selected to be a supplier for ISF uh, Big Ben Asia Open competition. This is large probably largest to the date, uh, at least for certain parameters, esports competition, where uh, players for ev any of 40 Asian countries were able to, to register. They were able to choose their layer of, uh, of professionalism. It was amateur, semi-pro and pro events. And they, they had the chance to, 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 to try to compete uh, for the total prize pool was $100,000 and uh, split it between five games um yeah so basically that was i really like the event because this is exactly uh, within our ideology uh not to focus on top teams who have who have the ways to 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 to, to develop but actually to give the opportunity to people from uh, small countries from underdeveloped countries to give them a chance to give them opportunity 
and to make sure that they can uh, they can they can have uh, this their chance probably it's a good good notion about equal access because this uh, this is largest events we've ever done but our previous big event was uh, Africa Sports Series. It was 16 countries. The same ideology, the same idea, and uh, we invented, uh, we're not invented, but the ideology of these uh, projects is hashtag all gamers matter, because we believe that all gamers matter. We believe that uh, no matter where you're from, no matter how, many, how much money you have, what is your gender, nationality, social status, if you're good, just show it and uh, make sure we do the best in order you are seen by your federation or by the team in your country or by other teammates in order you can be able to form the team and actually to continue the career. Ignat, would you mind showing the numbers how many registered? Because I was blown away, but I, I just want the listeners to understand how many did register for this yeah. Event. Yeah, so, so um, for this event, we had uh, more than 80,000 registrations uh, coming in. So, yeah, from these 40 countries. How proud are you saying those figures? I know we're in a world where you could say there's millions and all that, but with regards to this event where it's equal access, <laughs> how proud are you reflecting? I'm, to be honest, I'm very proud of, of my team uh, actually making this happen uh, because I know that many competitions are putting some numbers. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't checking them. Uh, I know that we did have this amount of registrations. I know that uh, they were the days when we we we, we were we were hosting uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people playing within one day, within one period of time. It was it was very it was. You see, I'm proud for two things. First of all, that we 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 gave a hand to people in so many countries, and. Uh, I I get, I got some feedback. You know, one of one of the great things uh, I can give you as an example from this project is when I receive, for example, some some messages from Yanma uh, or from uh, uh, some other uh, other small countries in Asia that they like the event, that they had the chance to participate, and also they were asking some questions. And you see, wow, man, probably these people just first time in, in their life that they were participating in the in the professional event because. Uh, for me, it's super important to make sure that no matter what is, what is the level of competition, we make sure that every competition has the same level of the access to the infrastructure. And we try to do, and we, we do the best infrastructure we can. So again, people sometimes in, in, this, in the small countries, they saw it first time in their lives. Uh, and uh, we're proud of this. And we're also proud of actually making sure, ensuring that the, the logistically, I mean, logistically in terms of IT logistics, and um, technologically, everything worked well. So we 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 hosted this, and we saw people people joining and uh, enjoying the competitions. That's what it's all about. I just want to go back to one thing you said: what you're currently doing from a grassroots standpoint, and the tool you mentioned sounds amazing. But there's just one thing I did write down. So I'm just curious from this point of view, from a grassroots standpoint, and I'm so glad you're doing the safeguarding and getting rid of the cheaters. But how important is community? with regards to the grassroots because i know you said you, your passion is to help the pathways for the players but from a like a pillar from a grassroots standpoint how important is that community aspect well i i think it's everything i think that the community the successful development of the community this is the <clears throat> this is the factor which, which which probably is the most important for the development of this grassroots events because um, when, again, there are big events, big competitions with super big budgets. Okay, that's very good. There are um, institutional events, let's say World Championship of ISF or uh, GF or whatever. Well, once a year, they will run the selection rounds. Uh, they will select the best ones. And meanwhile, there is a huge gap. There is like 10 months of when nothing is really happening that much. And uh, sometimes you have, sometimes in, in some countries, people are successful selling the sponsorship packages and they, they do some leaks. Okay, very good. In some countries, it's not happening. In some countries, universities uh, can have the programs or they can be a collegiate league uh, in the majority now. So uh, from my perspective and from my vision, which was in the very beginning, uh, I want to make sure that the communities can be sustainable, that the communities can uh, can can survive uh, 
months when there are no sponsors. Uh, that the communities can survive, that the main person who was pushing the community, uh, I don't know, got married or go to university or whatever. People are changing. And uh, in, in, in the vast majority of cases, when I saw is that there is a longevity until unless something happens and person can stop doing this just because uh, they're tired or they need to do something else. Uh, the social status changes. And for me, the, the, the creation of the sustainable the tool which will allow this to be sustainable, for me, probably this is the most important part of the um, of the thing. And this is why I told you that the industry is still not much further than twenty years back. Again, we have so many we have so many opportunities in terms of technology, but we are not using them properly. Yeah, utilizing it. Um, and just on that point. Would you mind just for the listener perspective of learning, because sustainability is using used a lot in different aspects of society and sport, but and esports now. What's your sort of definition of sustainability? Just in like from a learning standpoint for the listener and myself, by the way, just for clarity of what you mean with regards to sustainability. Here, the word sustainability is much less of carbon neutral, etc. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is although although I believe it's important. Uh, this is about the fact that um, the 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 community is is growing uh, with uh, no matter what's happened with the person who has founded the community. So again, example: there can there can be community founder uh, who, who who lives to another place or who finished university if it was a university community, or he who stops financing this because in many cases. Uh, a lot of a lot of events, they don't have a sustainable financial financial aspect, mm, like sponsorship or uh, yeah. So for me, the sustainability is the fact that community can survive, and no matter what happens to the person who started this, and it also can survive a period without uh, without the financial inflow, might it be from 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 the government, uh, from the sponsors, etc. So in a little example, this is a bit broad, but it's like Apple running now without Steve Jobs because he's not around. Just as a simple, you know what I'm saying? Like Apple, the the phone company. It, it, I'm keeping it simple. I know I know it's a bit very broad, but I, I just want the listener to learn that now, unfortunately, Steve Jobs not around. The company's still running and thriving. That's what I mean. In basic terms. Yeah, in very basic terms, very basic terms, uh, the, the 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 community is still running. No matter what has happened to the to the keeper, to the to the pub, to the person who was a founder or a very important person, like a, a driver, and also about the financing. So um, that uh, yeah, sometimes it's important. It's imp the vast majority of events which I which I've ever seen, they existed from the moment they had a, they had a sponsorship until the the last moment they had the sponsorship, and sometimes it was a one 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 time a one one time event, you know. And uh, people, it's very difficult to create a sustainable project. It's very difficult to sustain the moments when you don't have uh, inflows. Um, it's I mean, being a startup founder, which sometimes faces. And uh, not non payment from the partners because they they cannot pay the clients, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I know how difficult it is to survive the moments when you when you don't understand how to survive, you know. And um, although there is no magic pill, uh, what I'm trying to do is at least to 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 support infra with infrastructure that this infrastructure will help everyone to to sustain this this periods and to make sure that. Even everything has changed, and even if everything was stopped for a moment, you still have this heritage of the events, of the history of the events, of the users who were coming to these events. And uh, when the things can, uh, when the things get better, you can just re relaunch the thing and then continue. Sounds awesome, and I totally get it. It's just for me, this is the part of the industry that relating to that summit I think is needed. Um, and I'm, I, I just love what you've just said and doing, by the way. Out of interest, Ignat, like reflecting from your career journey right now, what have you enjoyed the most? What I enjoyed the most, I mean the journey. Yeah, I think I think I think the journey and the fact that uh, you continue this journey and um, you try to enjoy it. You know, I, I I saw very interesting things. One of the one of the things which I saw 
we we build up a, a satellite uh, TV channel uh, for esports and gaming in six months. So I saw building a TV channel from scratch. I was in the backstage of running of eighty thousand event, uh, eighty thousand participant event. Is it difficult? Oh man, it's super difficult. Sometimes uh, you have sleepless nights with your team, just making sure that uh, everything is fine, and uh, you're monitoring. And you have you have your AWS. Uh, Server cloud uh, dashboard. You have the dashboard uh, of um, other metrics, and you, you, it's 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 kind of sleepless for you, but you enjoy it, you know. And um, I, I'm I'm more a believer that the life is about discovering, discovering yourself, and becoming a better version of yourself. And this path of 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 doing something interesting in a very young, innovative industry where there's a lot of passion. That's that's just great. Awesome. And I couldn't agree more of like embracing the journey, by the way. Ignat, I really enjoyed this conversation overall. But as always, I like to finish with an inspirational question. And feel free to recap certain learning lessons, by the way. But just for the listener who wants to take action, actually start a career in the esports industry, what three tips would you give them to take action straight after listening to this podcast? <laughs> well, first of all, I would advise to to answer to first of all is to be honest to to yourself and to answer uh, what do you want to do, because if you want to be a professional player and if you want to 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 take an Aegis or other 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 prize uh, at some point of time, if this is your aspiration, well, you know what to do. You need to train. You need to go to competitions. Uh, if you want to be around esports and uh, you want to just build a normal career, but in esports, well, that just uh, you need to understand what is the, what is the, what is what is something you like. Is it marketing? Is it uh, designing? Is it uh, programming? Can uh, start start filling in um, the gaps and uh, get in these positions. If you want, if you're if you're if you're dreaming of uh, building a unicorn in esports, well, <laughs> just go for it. Um, the most important is that you need to, well, to be honest to yourself, what do you want to achieve and not to be afraid, not to be afraid, uh, not to be afraid and also not uh, not measure yourself with others. Uh, that means that when you see someone, you think he's he or she is successful, uh, you know, now, in, in, especially with, with social media, so you, you, you see the companies which say that they're super successful, you see the people who say they're super successful. Well, at the end of the day, they just they were just burning investors' money, and once the investors' money are ended, uh, you you see that it was a burst, you know. And in esports, more than in in, in in traditional industries, you see things like this. So don't measure yourself to others; just believe in yourself. And um, one of the one of the one of the one of the quotes which are important for me, and uh, I believe they're important for everyone if they want to succeed, but. Mm, they're not succeeding quickly because quick success it's 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 a miracle and it's more a fairy tale. And uh, this is a racing a racing saying like to finish first, first you have to finish. You need to you need to continue and uh, you need to do the things uh, consistently. Consistency and belief in yourself. Uh, these are the things without which you barely will be able to succeed. Ignat, I've got the biggest smile on my face. I have to say. They are some cracking ones. And I think the one I enjoyed listening the most that resonated with me is, like you said, not measuring yourself to others. And I think this is an important point, you know, from a sports career development standpoint is uh, this is from my mentor, Chris Ducker. You can't compare somebody's first step to somebody's 100 step um, along the journey. So thank you so much for reminding me that now. Out of interest, how can people connect with you online like where are the best places to go i think linkedin just go to linkedin igna bobrovich and uh, yeah they can ask me questions that is great to all the listeners listening in that linkedin link will be on my website with regards to this podcast chat Ignat, it's been such a joy chat with you today thank you very much Ed, my pleasure thank you so much it was a great conversation and yeah i wish everyone success and uh, if if, if I can answer in private to any question, just feel free to ping me on, on LinkedIn. What a really enjoyable podcast chat with Ignat. And with regards to today's podcast topic, I hope you've got a better understanding of one, the esports industry, but how it can really develop your skill sets as an entrepreneur. Without a doubt, the biggest takeaway I've learned from Ignat is 
his self-belief right from the get-go with regards to his professional gaming experience of just showing up, competing. And you just don't know when you try and apply yourself into a new opportunity. And we sometimes, with self-development, certainly on social media, with all these information coming to us with regards to how we can grow, be better, and self-belief is one of them, but it's really having the desire to stick with it believe in yourself and then being consistent in the direction you want to go. And with regards to Persona Career in the esports industry, I hope Ignat has supported you on that side of things because people always get confused of like how to put yourself in that industry, which is so fast paced. But it's amazing how, like Ignat said with the R to the application of technology, having the right strategies in place, having the right infrastructures in place, it's still needed right now. So without a doubt, Really apply those career tips from Ignat right from the end of this conversation of the podcast chat. But most importantly, make sure you bring new ideas to the table in how to make the esports industry grow and thrive. So on that note, take your biggest takeaway from this podcast chat, put it into action now and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Ignat said, Don't measure yourself to others and believe in yourself with consistency. They are the two ingredients that will support you towards your personal success.